This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I had another episode planned, but I've decided to scrap it in favor of an episode paying homage to Charlie Munger, the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, who passed away as of this recording earlier this week. He was 99 years old. Today will be my thoughts on his legacy and going through some of his favorite quotes, and that will be today's episode. For those that don't know, Berkshire Hathaway is the company founded and run by Warren Buffett, but Warren Buffett, as you probably know, is one of the most prolific investors of all time. He's a what you know, a disciple or acolyte of Benjamin Graham, who was a prolific investor in the 30s and 40s, and he re- wrote um, some of the most seminal investing books out there for equity investing. And Benjamin Graham's philosophy was one of uh, doing a fundamental analysis of a company, analyzing its financials looking for underappreciated value uh, where the market maybe underappreciated what a company was doing and the stock therefore was trading at a price that was cheap or at a discount and taking advantage of that and holding that company for a long time. So sort of finding great companies that do great things, buying them and staying out of the way. And Warren Buffett has a similar philosophy. He's purchased um, great cash-flowing companies and held them for a really long time. But he didn't do it alone. He has a staff, and his vice chairman, Charlie Munger, has been with him for a really long time. So I have found on the Internet... Um, and I knew some of them in my head, but some of his quotes that are personal favorites. So I'd like to just share some of those um, in honor of his passing and to talk about his legacy a little bit. But I, I start with some of these quotes. So one of my favorite Charlie Munger quotes is he said, I think that a life properly lived is just learn, learn, learn all the time. And he said that at the 2017 Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. And he said at another time, and I can't remember exactly where this quote came from, but he said something to the effect of, I read so much that people think I'm a book with two legs. And I think, in my opinion, uh, some of the greatest thinkers of our time that have run great companies and have been great world leaders all have mentioned the power of continual 
lifelong learning. I think that's really important for all of us, whether you're young and still in school, obviously learning is very important. But as we all get older, I think continuing to read, continuing to think dynamically and proactively about complicated things helps keeps us sharp, help keeps us, uh, helps to keep us um, aware and, and also thinking constantly for new ideas, fresh thinking, and that sort of thing. This next quote comes from uh, the book Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is a compilation of his thoughts and quotes. And the quote says, Mimicking the herd invites regression to the mean. He's using some statistics words there, so let's talk about that real quick. Mean is another word for average. It's technically not the same thing, but uh, it's basically the average. And regression to the mean is the idea that... um, in a large sample that the mean or the, the natural average of that sample, uh, the, the data will, will naturally gravitate towards that. So in other words, if you have a city with on average 10 days of snow per year and you have 30 years in a row of above that, it's highly likely that you might have a year below that the next year because things will always gravitate back towards that average. If you had that many average days of snow per year and then you had a long period of years well under that, then the natural guess for what would happen next year is something higher than what we had last year because that would be in the direction of the mean. And so when we look at that from an investing perspective, when he says mimicking the herd invites regression to the mean, I think what he's trying to say here is that if you follow what everyone else is doing, you can only expect to get the results that everyone else is getting or or average results at best. And I think you could extrapolate that to a lot of the things that Charlie Munger was pretty opposed to. He was not a fan of cryptocurrency, not a fan of, of meme stocks and some of the investing near-term trends and fads that we've had in the last few years. Both Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett are the definitive long-term investor. I mean, they hold companies for decades in their portfolios. So I think his point here is that you, one, don't really want to follow investing fads because they're just that. But two, you should also come to the table with unique ideas. And when you have unique ideas, you are inviting the possibility of something other than average performance, which could be good or bad. And that's a risk, of course. When you stick to the average, you'll do no better than the average, but you'll do no worse. When you have a unique idea, you're bringing that possibility of having perhaps better returns, but also perhaps worse returns. And he's gambled on the, the the second philosophy that he wants to have unique ideas in a handful of great companies, and that's a risk profile that he and Warren Buffett were comfortable with in the creation of Berkshire Hathaway. Now, certainly, maybe not appropriate for the rest of us, but that's what worked for him. One of his other quotes that I think is funny um, is on life. 
Charlie Munger said, I think life is a whole series of opportunity costs. You know, you get to marry the best person who is convenient to find who will have you. Investment is much the same sort of a process. And he said that at the 1997 Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. Opportunity cost is an economics term that basically says, well, what was the next best thing? So if you were hungry and wanted to go get fast food and you have two burger places on the corner, you have burger place A and burger place B, and you choose burger place B, then your opportunity cost is that you didn't get to eat burger place A. Or if you're an executive and you have capital to deploy in your company and you're looking to invest this money and you have several different projects to choose from, and let's say you choose to build a new plant. By building a new plant, you were giving up something else. So maybe by building the new plant, you were not investing in a new technology or increasing your workforce or paying down debt or something else. That's opportunity cost. So it's what was the next best thing? And when you make a choice, you're choosing something, you're always also giving up something. And so I think his quote here is funny is because he looks at marriage in such a uh, an unemotional way he says, you've got to marry the best person who is convenient to find who will have you. And s- sort of, who, <laughs> who's local and, and said, I do. And he said, investing is much of the same sort of process. And I think his point on the investing side is that you're looking at lots of different companies. You're looking at lots of different opportunities to invest in. But ultimately, you have to say, I do. To one or two of them or three or four or five or 30 or how many ever you choose to have for your portfolio. But ultimately we need to make a choice and move on with it um, and say that it's a good fit and proceed on down the road and accept that life is a series of opportunity costs. We're constantly making choices. If I'm driving down the highway, I have the choice to drive the speed limit or speed. And if I Speed, I increase the chance of getting to my destination sooner, but I also increase the risk of getting a ticket. If I drive the speed limit, I increase the chances of not getting a ticket, but I also increase the chances of arriving at my destination late. And we make these micro decisions throughout our day all the time. Like we're constantly choosing little things along the way. A lot of them we do subconsciously or unconsciously, like we don't even think about it. But I think his point here is that when it comes to investing, we can all suffer from analysis paralysis where we just are overcome with the thought of which one is the right thing, which one is this, which one is that, uh, the, the one that I should choose. And I think his point here is that investing is like life. We have opportunity cost all the time and you just need to make a choice and go on down the road and While I think that investing is important and we should do our research, I agree with him that at some point you need to make a decision and move on because you could literally analyze a stock forever and in doing so miss out on a great opportunity. And during that time, what did your cash earn? 
And so I think taking time to make good decisions is really important, but you also need to be decisive and willing to quote, pull the trigger on an investing idea and your other decision making in your life so that you can process that choice and move on to the next one. Another Charlie Munger quote that I really like is he says, and this is from poor Charlie's almanac, how to find a good spouse? Question mark. The best single way is to deserve a good spouse. Gosh, that's a good quote, isn't it? Like if you want to find someone to love, be lovable. I, I think that's just so good. The last one for today, um, he said, we both, meaning Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, he said, we both insist on a lot of time being available almost every day to just sit and think. That is very uncommon in American business. We read and think. And I think this is kind of contrary to the quote I said a few minutes ago about opportunity cost and being decisive, but I think his point here is that you know, one of the things that characterizes Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett is their pursuit of lifelong learning, lifelong reading, and what that they believe that that they that 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 did for them in the development of their careers and ultimately their success. And I think that for me, I enjoy reading. I read constantly. It's sort of part of my job. And I just, you know, if you stop reading, you basically stop learning new things. I don't think we learn really well from social media, from watching the news. And, you know, there's someone else out there that's investing or, you know, if we're talking about business and you're an oil executive, there's another oil executive out there. There's probably dozens of oil executives out there. And if I had to bet on the one that reads all the time versus the one that doesn't, I pick the one that reads all the time every day because they're constantly mentally sharpening. They're mentally innovating. And I think that's, that's really powerful. Warren Buffett is getting up there in years himself. And uh, he was younger, though. Charlie Munger was 99. And it's certainly a, a huge loss for the investing community. And I think the legacy that he and Warren Buffett have left behind, not just with Berkshire Hathaway, but with their, their publications through the annual meeting notes and reports and transcripts through the books that they've helped contribute to. Um, there's a lot of Charlie Munger reading out there yet to be done, I think, for all of us that are interested to do so because he was a wise person, a prolific person. If you read about his life, he's dealt with a lot of personal loss. And I just think that um, I wouldn't say that he's, you know, uh, I didn't know him personally. So I, you know, I don't know how far one can go with their accolades for someone they've never met. But I think from an investing perspective, it's really hard to throw stones at him or Warren Buffett if you look at their, um, their history, where they've come from, what they've done with. Berkshire Hathaway, and I think um, the world, especially the investing world, will certainly miss Charlie Munger. That's all for today's episode. We'll see you next week. This episode includes references to Berkshire Hathaway, 
the references in this episode are not suggestions to purchase or sell Berkshire Hathaway or to otherwise make trades in Berkshire Hathaway. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment advice pertaining to Berkshire Hathaway. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.